there, and welcome back to Season 2, Episode 56 of the Clarity Podcast. This podcast is all about providing clarity, insight, and encouragement for life and mission. And my name's Aaron Santamayor, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the phenomenal opportunity to sit down with Tim Yulhoff and discuss his, his writings, his research, his expertise on defending your marriage um, and the spiritual battles that take place. I appreciate Tim and his willingness to be open and honest and transparent and to share with us what he has studied and learned. He shares that this is something that um, he did specifically for him and his marriage and then found it insightful and uh, he's put it in a great book and just found it um, very valuable. I do appreciate that he's willing to have conversations about some things that in, the ch- in the church today we're not so excited about and some that maybe we feel awkward, but he'll talk about sexual intimacy. He'll talk about the spiritual battles that take place. He'll give us some tools, um, how that we can respond if we feel our, our marriage or maybe our spouse is under spiritual attack, how we can respond. He'll talk about the power five and some common, um, five common things he found in all of his research that were common ways that the, the enemy could come to attack. Because of the nature of the content of this podcast today, if you have young listeners listening in, I would probably advise them not to be listening in. If you're in the car or you're at home, um, I would advise them not to be listening in just because of the, the, the nature of the context of the conversation when it comes to sexual intimacy. And he'll talk um, pretty candidly and openly about that. And just just wanted to give parents out there a warning um, about that before we jump in. Do want to thank our sponsor for today's episode, which is Central Assembly of God in Cumberland, Maryland, caring for each person connecting each story, and celebrating each miracle. Do want to ask you to continue also to send in your questions for Back Channel with Foth, and that's where we sit down with Dick Foth, and Dick um, answers uh, questions sent in by the audience. I'll include my email in the show notes, and you can send those to me. We curate those questions, then get those to Dick, and just it's a phenomenal sit down with Dick and learn from him, um, his wisdom and ex- experience o- over the years. Well, there's no time better than now to get started, so here we go. Greetings and welcome back to the Clarity Podcast. So excited to be here today with a friend that I've listened to on other podcasts and just shared, have read his books, someone that has spoken and challenged me. Tim uh, Mulehoff, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, I spent time in Nairobi, Kenya about 20 years ago and fell in love with Africa. And what were you doing in Kenya? Just for doing missions work? Yeah, with uh, Campus Crusade for Christ, we were showing the Jesus film. Okay. Okay. all over the place. And it was just wonderful people and such hospitality. It was just awesome experience. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful place that we're honored to be able to live here. Tim, I'm so looking forward to learning from you uh, more today. And for the audience, uh, missionaries listening in around the world, for them hear hear from you, gain from your wisdom and insight. Today, we're going to be talking about marriage and the, the, the spiritual realities of marriage, the, how the enemy can attack. And so before we jump in, just to introduce yourself um, for the audience that maybe hasn't listened or read your books. Well, I, my name is Tim Mielhoff. I'm a professor of communication at Biola University in La Mirada, California. Biola stands for Bible Institute of Los Angeles. Wow. So every student there minors in the Bible. Okay. And then they major. So I get upper level communication majors and we talk about conflict resolution, family communication, gender. I teach a class on apologetics. How can okay. we communicate uh, our, our faith in a, win- in a winsome kind of way? I'm also the co-director of the Winsome Conviction Project, 
that seeks to reintroduce civility, compassion back into our disagreements. Wow. And I'm also the co-host of the Winsome Conviction podcast. Okay. That uh, you can find anywhere you get your favorite podcasts. For sure. We'll put a link into it in the, in the show notes for sure. Wow. That is, uh, man, we could do a whole podcast on that. Um, <laughs> anyway, oh, we, yeah. we, won't, we won't do that one today. But anyway, just a pleasure and honor to have you with us today. As I read your book and, and I've listened to you, um, you share about the common misconceptions that some of us might have about the enemy and how that can impact our marriage. Can you just share a little bit about that for us? Funny is if you took everything Jesus said, roughly 25% would have to do with spiritual battle. So think about that for a second. 25% of what Jesus had to say dealt with the spiritual realm, spiritual attack. Every New Testament writer writes about spiritual battle. John goes so far as to say the whole world lies in the power of the evil one. So I suspect if I were to ask every listener, do you believe in the devil? I think probably every one of your listeners would say yes, but then ask the next question, how does it change how you do anything? Mm. Marriage, ministry, parenting, evangelism. At Biola University, I have to sign the doctrinal statement every single year. One of the questions is this, Aaron. Do you, uh, uh, Biola believes in a personal devil that is currently at work in the world. I have Mm. to sign off on every affirmation. They should ask another question. If you answered yes, how does that change how you teach? Mm. If you answered yes, how does it change how you do marriage? And I'll be just transparent with you. Uh, It it didn't change much of how I did anything. So I just, (laughs) I just thought, okay, I believe in a devil, but I don't, I don't, it doesn't change how I do anything. And, Mm. And I think that's playing into Satan's schemes that, Satan um, wants to disrupt our marriages, our ministry, and yet we're, we're totally unaware of what the Bible calls the schemes of the devil. And so really, I wrote this book for my own benefit, my own marriage, because I went through a season where I felt like, man, something's happening spiritual attack wise. And fortunately, one of the top experts on spiritual battle is at Biola University. And I got it. he wrote the foreword to the book. Okay. Dr. Clint Arnold is one of the top Ephesian scholars and has written on spiritual battle. Wow. Wow. It's challenging. Book challenging for sure. And you also write about common reasons that couples avoid thinking about their marriage being a target for the enemy. That's, I think, one thing, because as I was reading it, I'm thinking, I'm just a, a boy from West Virginia living in Nairobi, Kenya. I'm sure uh, the the enemy doesn't care about my marriage. Um, right. I'm just, you know, just a, a guy out there. But you you bring it very to the forefront that it that we all are a target, that the marriage being part of a spiritual battle. Will you share just a little bit about how the enemy targets our marriages? Sure. So if you look at uh, the book of Ephesians, we have to remember that that was a letter written to the church at Ephesus. There weren't chapter breaks. We did that to have quick reference. So when you're reading, um, you're reading about a great expression of marriage from Paul, right? Uh, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church. Uh, Wives, I want you to respect your husband as you do the Lord himself. Well, in the letter, that bleeds right into spiritual battle. Hmm. Like there's Hmm. no separation. So in Paul's mind, yeah, I want you to do a distinctly Christian marriage. And then immediately he goes into, and by the way, get dressed in the armor of God 
because you're going to be under spiritual attack. The minute mm. you try to do a Christian marriage, <clears throat> which its purpose is to, is to show what Jesus's love is like, a living metaphor of that, you better believe that Satan wants to disrupt that. And so uh, how he does that is kind of what the nuts and the bolts of the book is, hmm. right? Defending your marriage is what the book is called against the common attacks of Satan. Yeah. So what I did was I read some of the top books on spiritual battle, mm -hmm. and I asked the question, <clears throat> um, did they all mention the same kind of spiritual attack? Okay. So I came up with a power list, a power five. Now, th hmm. this was mentioned by every writer. Now, there were other ones that were mentioned, but they didn't make the list because not every book mentioned them. Okay. So in the book, I, I get very specific about what spiritual battle could look like Mm -hmm. based on theologians and people who write on this issue. And we certainly can talk about that list uh, yeah. later. Yeah, for sure. And so do you think the devil's a respecter when you did your research? Is it, is he equal opportunity attacker um, when it comes to marriages? Or if somebody's thinking, well, my marriage is not that important in your research, what did you find? Well, certainly Satan has limited resources. Okay. And uh, most likely none of us have been tempted by Satan. I mean, our, our plane doesn't fly that high. So we, we're being tempted by demons, demons hmm. that um, now this was so interesting because when you talk to Clint Arnold, one of the foremost authorities on this issue, he said, good news, bad news. Um, demons cannot read your mind. Hmm. Uh, the only being that's omniscient in the scriptures is God. Satan's not omniscient, but, they, but there's a lot of evidence that they can plant thoughts. Hmm. And that evidence is based on, go all the way back to King David, he's going to take a census of his army, and, and it says that uh, the devil spurred him on to take the census. Now, hmm. of course, a king needs to know his troop strength. I mean, that's just good common sense. But we know from reading the scriptures that he had shifted his confidence from the Lord to his troops. Wow. So when the devil spurs him on to do this, he's planting those thoughts in his mind. And then what's really interesting is that uh, it seems like there's evidence that um, Satan even planted thoughts in the mind of Jesus. Hmm. So, so remember that scene where he takes him to the mountaintop in Jerusalem. I've actually been there two years ago, stood in that spot. It's not very high, so he can't see much. But the scripture says Satan gave him a panoramic view of all the kingdoms of the world and said to him, I can give you these kingdoms. Well, obviously, Jesus couldn't have seen it physically. So people believe Satan was able to plant an image in his mind of all the earthly kingdoms. So almost everyone we're going to get to in the Power Five list has to do with thoughts that are planted in your mind. So we have to become really adept at discerning the thoughts, where, mm. where are these thoughts coming from? And that's the, the battleground of the believer. That's why Paul says things like, take every thought captive, mm. right? I want you to focus on this. So we, we have to be very careful that Satan and demons are very subtle. Mm. Uh, that's an interesting moment in the book of Genesis with the serpent. Yeah. It says, remember, the serpent was crafty. Well, in Hebrew, crafty means subtle. Like he didn't walk up to Adam and Eve and say, hey, rebel against God, <laughs> right? Adam and Eve would have said, get out of here. No way yeah. I'm rebelling against God. And so yeah. then he, he becomes subtle. 
Did God really say this? Did God really mean this? Did God, is, is he looking out for the best of you? Why would he keep the tree of knowledge of good and evil from you? So the subtleness is we need to really be on guard of Satan subtly winning battles and demons planting thoughts, and we let those thoughts take root. Wow. Wow. You talk about um, looking at descriptors of the flesh and qualities of the spirit, and then that can help before we get into, as you shared, the power five, um, that can help couples take maybe a temperature of where their marriage is at or maybe where their marriage is heading. Could you just share a little bit about those? Yeah, so this would be uh, Ignatius um, talking about this. Uh, let me go to that exact place in the book. So um, he says you need to test the spirits, mm-hmm. right? Uh, John, 1 John 4, 1, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they're from God. So St. Ignatius took that and gave us a very quick test. Hmm. He said, I want you to consider the deeds of the flesh as, as laid out in scripture, bitterness, anger, malice, clamor, and then contrast them to the uh, fruits of the spirit. Love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness. If anything is moving you towards the flesh, hmm. he said that's of the devil. Hmm. So isn't that interesting, Aaron? Here's what I find. When people ask me what's the biggest difference between the ancient church and the modern church, okay. here's what I would say. The, the ancient church would say, when in doubt, it's spiritual battle. Hmm. Like, you just need to assume this conflict you're having with a fellow missionary is spiritual battle. Hmm. You just need to assume the discouragement you're feeling right now. This is spiritual battle. You are missionaries, and no doubt demons are trying to discourage you. Now, flip to the American church, and we're like, ah, you know, I'm kind of open to this, but you're going to have to prove it to me Hmm. that this is uh, demonic. Hmm. And I'm going to have a pretty high test for this. That's the biggest difference between the ancient and the modern church is that ancient church would be like, dude, you are under spiritual attack right now. <laughs> and the modern church is like, oh, I don't know. You know, so that to me is the biggest difference between the ancient and the modern church. I would say to your listeners, you need to assume demons are at work right now in your marriage, in your ministry, in your community. And anything that is pushing you towards the flesh, hmm. anger, malice bitterness. Uh, Charles Kraft, one of the top experts on spiritual battle, says the number one way Satan gets a foothold is through unforgiveness. Hmm. That if you're not forgiving a person, if hmm. you're harboring bitterness, that, then, then Charles Kraft would say, not my goodness, that's the number one way that, that demons gain access into your marriage, ministry, or community. Wow. Well, and you could very easily see how that could happen in a marriage. And uh, for sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah. And you talk about that a little bit about some signs that a marriage may be coming under spiritual attack. Can you just share some of those, maybe those signs that we could, we could see? Cause that was, that was value for me. I'm a, not not a black and white thinker, but just Mm -hmm. the way you had those delineated really, really helped me just be able to consider what you share those were and then how I could look at my marriage, my personal marriage and go from there. Yeah, thank you. So uh, these would be the top five indicators based on the books that I've read. Now, again, each one of these, there's going to be like a question mark. It's not going to be definitive. 
So that's how we have to test the spirits. Let me give you the first one that every book mentions. Okay. Inappropriate anger. Now, hmm. I love that qualifier. We're not just saying anger. Okay. There's even righteous anger. There's good anger. And if you were to say to me, well, I got angry at my spouse, we're missionaries, we're overseas, I'd say, well, hello. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. I, we have teenagers. Yeah. Got it. You have anger. I mean, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> That, I, I'm sure Satan's saying, dude, it wasn't me. It was your teenagers. I'm not doing anything. You know what I mean? So that's why, that's why I love inappropriate anger. See, this is the anger you can't let go of. This is the anger that just consumes you, right? You're, you're thinking about that person 24-7. You go to bed thinking about that person. You wake up thinking about that person. This is not just an argument with your spouse. It's anger that you can't let go of. Even when you realize, yeah, I'm probably being harsh towards my spouse. This probably an unrealistic expectation, but I'm mad. Hmm. Then, then Paul would say, deal with your anger before the sun goes down as not to give the devil a foothold. So if you're experiencing anger that just won't dissipate, then that's a really good indication that this is demonic influence taking anger and pouring spiritual gasoline on the anger in order to get a foothold, hmm. right? So anger yeah. would be one. Uh, the next one that was interesting was a sense of impending doom. Hmm. Now, now listen, um, we're in a pandemic. It, it is okay to be anxious. It, it is okay to say, well, I just wonder if our support is going to hold out because if we have U.S. supporters, the U.S. economy, inflation's yeah. through the roof. Yeah. So that, that, that's the wisdom of Proverbs Yeah, is uh, we need to be smart about our finances and maybe we're going to lose some support, right? Uh, yeah, Noreen and I were sure. on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ for almost yeah. 25 years. We raised okay. support. Yeah. Now, but impending doom is different. Okay. Uh, impending doom is we're never going to recover from the pandemic. We're never going to recover. Hmm. Uh, this is the end of our ministry. Hmm. Uh, we're never going to be able to raise support again because of inflation and the tough economic times. Um, uh, our child is acting out and he or she's never going to get better. Hmm. Right. Um, uh, we're experiencing uh, hardship. It's never going to improve. Hmm. See, to me, OK, that probably opened the door to spiritual battle okay. because Satan is trying to utterly discourage you. Hmm. Right, the ministry isn't going well this year, as 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 well as it was going last year. Well, guess what? It's never going to pick up. Yeah, it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse. Right, yeah. that yeah. to me is Satan and demons going. Okay, let's really build upon the fear and doubt caused by a pandemic. Yeah, that could be spiritual battle. And so, in, in a marriage, maybe if a marriage is going through a difficult time, would it be that the, our marriage is it's never going to get better, and it's always going to continue to? Is is that a practical application then? Totally practical, and there's a ton of great research uh, addressing that. Couples were at, who were experiencing marital um, conflict, they were they were asked to rate that very honestly, and then they were given some simple tools and couples who said at a scale of one to 10, our marriage was a two or lower. I mean, that's, that's, we're talking crisis levels. Yeah. These couples, the majority of them five years later rated their marriage as an eight. Hmm. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. Satan, yeah. Satan's going, Oh no, no, you're always going to be a two. 
Yeah. Oh, no, no. You could even be a one. You, you might even drop to a one. <laughs> but no, but, but listen, every, every couple. Yeah. Uh, we lived overseas for a year. So yeah. I, I do not want to compare myself to your listeners. Yeah. But we lived overseas for a year in a different country. Yeah. Lithuania. Yeah. It puts stress on the marriage. For sure. For sure. Uh, and so that's normal. Yeah. But, to, but to start to think that things are hopeless, we yeah. know that God is a God of hope. Okay, a third one. Here we go. Our power of five. The okay. third one. This shocked me. This really surprised me, but every book mentioned it. Violent dreams. Wow. Violent dreams. That you would have a dream that you're, you were being hurt, that your hmm. kids were being hurt, um, that you were being attacked by something. Hmm. I actually experienced this when I was asked to be an interim teaching pastor at a church. I started to have dreams that people were coming into our house to kill me and Noreen, not to rob us, but to kill us. Hmm. And uh, I remember mentioning to one of the elders, I'm having these dreams. And he called together the rest of the elders and said, Tim, you're under spiritual attack. Hmm. Now, here, here's what's so funny about that. This was before I wrote the book. I never once put two and two together that this might be spiritual attack. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm a Western Christian. That's right. Right. It's like. Yeah. Uh, it probably was the pizza last night. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, for sure, for sure. Explaining it away. Yeah, so let me give you two more real quick. One, uh, uh, another one, no longer believing the best about God. Okay. Like there was a time that you believed the best about God. Yeah, we're going through a hard time in our marriage, but all things work together for good, hmm. right? That kind of an attitude. That, yeah. But now you, you, you think God's not on our side anymore. Okay. I, I can't count on God answering prayers. Hmm. I can't count on God fixing our support issues or okay. a financial crisis. He, I, I, he, he's fickle. He doesn't okay. answer prayer always. And yeah. I pray and things get worse. Okay. So when you start to give up hope on God, no doubt demons are wanting to pour fuel on that okay. kind of an attitude. Could it be that maybe God, this is, I didn't, this was not the right person for me. That God, you know, maybe if you said God's fickle, I, I ended up with the wrong person. This was not who God wanted for me. Or could it be something like that? Totally. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And many Americans do this, right? We don't give up on marriage. We give up on the person. Hmm. Like, I think marriage can be really good. I'm just stuck with the wrong person. Okay. I think ministry could be really good. I'm just stuck with the wrong ministry partner. Okay. So start to get that idea and no doubt satan loves to play with that saying oh okay. yeah it is her it is him right it, this is adam right this yeah. goes all the way back to the garden where yeah. you know god walks up to adam and says adam what happened yeah. what, what happened with the rebellion and it wasn't adam's finest moment all right he kind of looks at eve <laughs> he kind of looks at eve and he goes don't talk to apple breath yeah no longer believing the best about God. And then the last one is no longer believing the best about yourself. Hmm. Like I'm a, I'm a professor at a university. Mm -hmm. At the end of every semester, we get student reviews. Mm -hmm. Students, and they're anonymous. I don't yeah. know who, who they are. They literally rank me on scales of one to 10 and then give uh, qualitative comments. They can okay. write in their, their uh, comments. Well, listen, I know I'm not the best professor in the world, right? I, I, I know that after a lecture, students aren't standing up on desks saying, Captain, my captain. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay, okay. 
But but when you read a comment <laughs> where a student had an issue with you and immediately start to say, see, I'm, I'm, I'm a horrible professor. Hmm. So I'm just a terrible professor. Hmm. That's spiritual battle. Okay. So when, when you're having this marital conflict and you start to have the thoughts, I'm a horrible husband. Hmm. I'm a horrible parent. Hmm. Right? Man, yeah. that, that's coming right from a demon trying to discourage you. Okay. Because shame is never attached to the Holy Spirit. Okay. See, it's one thing for me to say, you know what? Honestly, I can do a better job as a husband. That's not shame. Shame, um, a Conviction of the Holy Spirit is focusing on your actions, mm-hmm. saying, listen, yeah, you probably could be a little bit of a better husband. Right. You probably could take some time, right? And what happened to the romance? And, yeah. Right, right. That's probably a conviction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But the minute it bleeds into you are a horrible hmm. husband, yeah. you are a horrible um, parent, yeah. what you did to your child, you will never recover from. Hmm. Right? That's impending doom. Yeah. Right? For sure. That's like, yeah. So that's, yeah. that's why when we know the schemes of the devil, yeah. we, we can kind of go, oh, no, 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 yeah. no. This is, this is not conviction of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. This and by the way, sometimes we, we catch our spouses doing that. Hmm. Our spouse says, "Oh, I'm just I'm just a terrible mother. I am just a." Ter-. And we're like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Where's no, 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 no? Yeah, where's this coming from?" Yeah, and that's why the cool thing in the book is how how couples can pray for each other and, hmm. and get dressed as a couple in the armor of God. Yeah, see they see because we're married. So sometimes when I teach a class on dating at, at Biola University, I actually tie students up in a three-legged race. <laughs> I, you know, you've done that at a fair, right? right? right. You tie the, their two middle legs together, right. and any step they take, they now have to take together. Yeah. I yeah. said, guys, welcome to marriage. Yeah. This is marriage. You can't go anywhere without your spouse. And the yeah. spouse is either going to slow you down yeah. or try to pick you up, and you got to work in harmony with each other. That's so cool. couples need to... Uh, get dressed together in the armor of God Amen. Uh, and fight together as couples. Amen. How does the, how does the power five, how can that affect, um, you talk a little bit about, about how it can affect sexual intimacy. Could you just take a minute or two and maybe address that? So Aaron, we just had an interesting experience. We, uh, we froze. Yeah. Okay. Now this is the number one reaction I get from people that I think is just wrong headed with spiritual battle. Okay. So I'm speaking, we're speaking on spiritual battle and we froze. Yeah. Immediately Western Christians go, Oh, there you go. That's spiritual battle. That's Satan trying to interrupt your podcasts. Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I think Satan loves that because he's mm. like, Oh, if you think that's what spiritual battle looks like, something overt like that. Yeah. Like one time I was speaking at a conference on spiritual battle and the microphone just died. Hmm. And everybody was like, ooh, that's <laughs> spiritual battle. And Satan's like, love it. If you think that's what it looks like. That's yeah. awesome. Because yeah. I'm so much more subtle than that. Hmm. I, I disguise it so much more. Are, do you really think I'm freezing a podcast <laughs> that that's on the high list? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm influencing you in ways you have no idea. And if you think spiritual battle Hmm. is levitating people. Now, listen, can it be that? Absolutely. It can be that. I I do not want to minimize nor make fun of overt signs of the demonic. 
Yeah. I, 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 I've seen it yeah. in certain circumstances. I don't want to minimize that. Right. So it, can Satan do that? 100% he can do that. Yeah. But the, remember, the serpent was crafty. Hmm. So I, I think with the Western church, he's really subtle. Hmm. Because if, if he was overt, we would go, oh, my gosh, that's spiritual battle. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, and he's like, no, 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 no. Oh, I'm, I'm tripping you guys up in ways you don't even know. So you keep thinking that's spiritual battle. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I'm hitting you in a much more subtle way. Yeah, it's a good yeah. word. Good word. Can you just share a, a few minutes or a minute or two about how the, the power five that you shared, um, how that can affect sexual intimacy? And um, how those can end up. Yeah, that's, you know, in the Christian world, I think when it comes to sexual intimacy, a lot of times we avoid the subject. We kind of hem haul around it. But at the same time, if the enemy's coming to kill, steal and destroy in marriages, that's that's one area he's going to impact. Absolutely. Um, so what did John mean when he said the whole world lies in the power of the evil one? What, what an interesting comment. Like, what does he mean by that? Well, we have to understand how to interpret the word world. So in the Greek, world carries with this idea of systems. Okay. Think, think um, culture. Okay. That Satan is at work building culture. So think of the United States, the sexual revolution of the 1960s. Hmm. This is Satan's attempt to, to get us to think about sex in unbiblical ways. Okay. Right? So um, because we know what sex is in a Christian context. This mm-hmm. is an intimate form of communication. Yeah. It is a bonding, a one flesh bonding between two people in a committed lifetime relationship. Okay. So Satan loves to go at it and give an unbiblical view of sex. This mm-hmm. is pornography for sure. Okay. But, but it's not even as overt as pornography. For sure, okay. Satan can use pornography. But he's just getting us to think about love, sex, marriage in, in very unbiblical ways. Hmm. So what a couple brings into marriage can be a view of sex that is very unbiblical. Okay. It is very, um, it's not what God intended. So, but then add to it just the natural craziness of sex. Yeah. Like we know that men and women physically are just very, very different. So for example, when a man achieves climax, he is flooded with chemicals that make him tired. Okay. And we know that a woman, so not to get too intimate with your audience, so I speak about this at conferences, a, a man will generally achieve pleasure anywhere from three to five minutes. Okay. A woman, anywhere from 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18 minutes. Okay. Now, can you see how selfishness plays a role immediately? The hmm. man achieves pleasure in five minutes, and the woman is like, oh, hey, I've got like, 14 more minutes. And the man is like, well, I'm done. Yeah. Like, you know, I wonder if the game started on TV. You know what I mean? <laughs> so there is no doubt a demon can get in to foster hurt feelings. Hmm. Like the man achieves pleasure and the woman doesn't. And now she's upset. Okay. And rightfully so, maybe. But now a demon's trying to play with that upset, trying hmm. to get it hooks and trying to really. Uh, foster that. That's why Paul says, deal with anger before the sun goes down. Let's at least talk about this. Let's begin to talk about it. So sexual intimacy, uh, it's a really hard issue for a lot of couples. And um, 
and we don't like to talk about it. Yeah. So we often don't get resolution. So I would yeah. just say, I think every married couple should read a really good book on sexual intimacy mm-hmm. from a Christian perspective. Okay. Okay. The, the, and there's a great book called Between the Sheets. Okay. Is, is a great book. Uh, there's another book called Sexual Intimacy. It's written by a doctor and a Christian writer. Boy, I'm, I'll, I'll email those to you. Okay. And maybe I'll you put can them in the show notes. Um, in the uh, website. For sure. For sure. Just want to ask the, uh, one or two more questions. Um, what are some, we've we talked about the demons, we've talked about the enemy attacking. What are some ways that we can, that couples can fight back? Yeah, so Charles Kraft is brilliant uh, Christian uh, writer on this topic. He talks about status authority. We know from Scripture that demons have hierarchies, okay, principalities, powers, that whole section. So Satan and demons respect authority. Hmm. That's why Jesus can speak so clearly, and they have to respond. So Charles Kraft says. There's something called status authority that when I pray for my spouse, I have status authority Hmm. because this is my spouse. When I pray for my kids, it's status authority because I have authority over my kids. If any of your listeners are the leader of their uh, uh, ministry group or missions group, you have status authority over everybody. I'm a professor at Biola University. I have status authority over my students. Okay. So when I pray... Demons have to listen. They, hmm. they cannot choose not to when I come in the authority of Jesus Christ. Okay. So when I pray, a, a warfare prayer would sound something like this. If I'm praying for my wife, here's what I would say, Aaron. I would say, de- so listen, we need to pray out loud because yeah. demons cannot read your mind. Okay. So we pray out loud and I say, and it's, it feels weird at first, yeah. but you go, demons, listen to me. My wife is a daughter of the king. My wife is a child of God. She is worthy. And if you're attacking her confidence, if you're attacking how she thinks about herself, I tell you, in the authority of Jesus Christ, as a child of the king, you are to stop it right now. Hmm. If her lack of confidence is because of your influence, Hmm. I tell you right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, you are to stop planting those thoughts in her mind you are to cease right now. Hmm. I don't come in my authority. I come in the authority of the king. You must listen to Jesus. I am wow. his spokesperson in his name. Amen, which means so be it. Yeah. Now, that's my prayer. For, now, people often ask me, well, why can't you just pray once and never do that again? Yeah. Well, because Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer. By the way, in the book, I make an argument that the Lord's Prayer is really a spiritual battle prayer. Hmm. Um, remember the end of it it, it was added by a Christian scribe, Mm -hmm. right? To him be the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Right. So if you take that most, if you read most of your Bibles, if they're a study Bible, you'll see a little asterisk that says most likely this was added by a Christian scribe to kind of give it a formal ending. Mm -hmm. So if you take that off, then, then how does the prayer actually end? Deliver us from evil. Hmm. So Jesus is saying, I want you to pray this prayer all the time. So I take my cue that my prayers, while powerful, need to be reiterated regularly, protecting my wife, my kids, my students. So warfare prayers need to be said out loud. And anytime your spouse starts to feel or you have an argument or Hmm. there's a misunderstanding, 
then I always say pray a warfare prayer and then roll up your sleeves and do conflict resolution 101. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. For sure. Tim, it's been great spending some time with you today. Will you go ahead and pray for the audience, um, pray for our marriages and missionaries around the world? Father, thank you for these men and women who have great, taken great steps of faith to be serving you in places that are not familiar, having challenges that most of us can't even realize. I pray that today, in Jesus' name, they will be protected. If spiritual battle is happening, Today, we pray for the protection of the Holy Spirit. And Father, be with these couples as they love each other and the challenges of ministry. We know that you will never leave us or forsake us. I claim that for these dear couples serving. We pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen. 